Well, hello everybody and welcome to episode 140 of the JB Sism Show. My friends, in today's episode, I'm talking about the 10 rules that you need to write anything. Do you have a message to share and wonder, how do I get heard? Broadcasting from the land of 10,000 lakes, welcome to the JB Sism Show. This show will motivate you with clarity and help you find your voice so you can take your message to the next level. Now, here's your host... Jason Sism. And taking everything to the next level is what I love to do best each and every week here at jbsism.com. Well, my friends, welcome to today's show. I am so glad that you're here because if this is the first time you're listening, this show is dedicated and designed to helping you find your voice so you can find your message because I want you to succeed in your family, your ministry, and your life. That's right, my friends. I want you to take your message out into the world. Well, we all know about the rules of writing. There's books filled with them. So many rules. You've read blog post after blog post or book after book and can all become so convoluted and confusing. I've done the work for you. Now you don't have to read or listen to anything else other than this podcast. Well, my friends, in today's episode, we're talking about the rules of writing. I'm going to be a referee in the murky waters of writing and guide you back toward the end zone. I'm going to give you 10 powerful rules of writing that will take you from a novice to an awesome writer within minutes. I hope. Sit back and enjoy the show. Well, maybe, maybe I can help you go from novice to an awesome writer within uh, the the next 30 minutes or so of the show, but we all know that's probably not going to happen. But anyway, it's been a couple weeks since I've recorded an episode, and uh, it is good, as always, to be back behind the microphone, and just so that everybody knows, I want to throw this out here right away. Coming up soon, you're going to be seeing a little bit more of Encore episodes. I'm going to post some of the best episodes from this show, and I'm going to be putting them together because there is a new baby schism on the way, and I don't want you to miss out on good quality content. I'm going to have a couple of posts that will be written and scheduled to go out, but I'm not going to be recording any new episodes Um, in the next couple of weeks here. I'm going to stop recording new episodes, and I'm going to be having just encore episodes go live. You're still going to get an episode every week. It's just not going to be a new episode, and that's probably going to be for about a four-week period of time. That way I can focus my time and my attention on my family and focus my attention on uh, our new baby sism that's going to be coming. So I am really excited. I'm still going to be sending a few emails out here and there. And if you have not signed up for my email newsletter, I encourage you to do that. Go to jbsism.com forward slash subscribe. jbsism.com forward slash subscribe and get on the newsletter because I don't want you to miss anything. And in fact, speaking of not missing anything, hopefully within the next few weeks, you'll be hearing from me as well regarding a brand new online course 
that I am putting together called Right Now. And this e-course is all about using Scrivener. So if you have been wanting to jump in with both feet into Scrivener, so I don't know what the course is going to cost yet, but um, I'm going to be recording the episodes for or the lessons for this course. I have the synopsis all written. I have the, the lesson notes all put together. It's just a matter of putting the video lessons together and recording the audio and putting your workbook together. So I'm really excited about this. So it's called Right Now Using Scrivener. And this is going to change your life. Um, I did a a test run of this course back in March. It was a live presentation of this course that I did here in the Twin Cities, and it went off really well. And now I have people asking me, can you teach me Scrivener? Can you teach me Scrivener? And putting together an online course is probably the best way that I can actually teach you Scrivener. So if you've been wanting to jump in full, um, full force into Scrivener and you want to get your not just your feet wet, but you want to dive in and learn this software so that you can write faster, you can write better books, uh, and books that are going to be easier to write using this one piece of software and keeping track of everything. The great thing I love about Scrivener is I can do all of my outlining and I can do all of my editing. And the fact I want to tell you this, you can even work with an editor using Scrivener and there are actually editors out there who will prefer to use Scrivener and you can just share your entire file with them and you can go back and forth with just your Scrivener file and that makes editing super, super easy because it allows you to keep track of everything. And so Scrivener is awesome. I love it. That's all I use to write my books now. Keep your ears perked for this course. So if you go to jbcism.com forward slash write hyphen, don't forget the hyphen now, uh, jbcism.com forward slash write hyphen now, there is a page there where you can just click on the click here to be notified and then you can join the right now seminar waitlist. Uh, you can also go to today's show notes, uh, jbcism.com forward slash one four zero and you can Check out what's going on there. All of that being said, there's a lot of things that are taking place here at jbcism.com. We have uh, a new online course that's going to be coming out. Um, I'm going to be going to Encore episodes of the JB Sism show and keep your ears perked. I have a brand new journal that's coming out. Uh, just saw the finalized proof for this journal and this journal is going to help you develop a habit of affirmation. I'm a big fan of journaling, and I believe journaling is uh, important, uh, and, and and especially using a journal to create that um, message of affirmation in your life and create a positive outlook for life. Uh, I ask you nine questions in this journal, and the journal is called the Thinking Forward Journal, and I'm excited about this journal. The nine questions are this. What did I do today? So you just simply write down in, in, on a few lines what you did today and what transpired over the last day. Uh, what were your three biggest wins? Write down what your three biggest wins for the day were. What three things did you learn today? I think it's important to understand what it is that we're learning uh, throughout the day and applying that to our day. So the first 
three questions really are all about thinking about today. And then the next four questions are developing an attitude of gratitude. And so you ask yourself the question, what am I grateful for today? Simply write that down. How am I feeling or what emotions am I experiencing right now? And I think it's important for us to tap into our emotions and tap into how we're feeling. And so that when we go back and we look at what we've written, we can see where we've been. We can see where how we've come. And it's a great, great question and allows you to start thinking deep. Uh, then I have a spot where you can write a daily affirmation. It's about a half a page worth of notes. But writing a daily affirmation and thinking positively about your day will help you immensely and change your thinking and change your outlook on life. And then what did I read or listen to today that stood out? And then the best part, my favorite part of the journal is this. It's all about thinking about tomorrow. So I asked the question, what key follow-ups need attention? So write down what what follow-ups do I need to do um, tomorrow? What do I need to think about tomorrow? What, what follow-ups do I need to do? Whether it's uh, checking in with a coworker, sending that email, you know, what is it? Start planning and thinking through your day tomorrow. And then finally write uh, down three to five things that you must accomplish tomorrow to help you further your goals. So I'm excited about this journal. It's a beautiful journal. Um, it's a beautiful paperback uh, journal. It's about 370 pages. There are 90, uh, 90 days with a few days in the back and a few pages for extra notes if you want. And uh, there's also a journal index where you can actually write down the date. So you can start this journal at any time. It's a 90-day journal. And be looking for it on the website soon. I'm going to be doing a launch for it. I'm really excited about this because my goal is to help you develop an attitude for gratitude, because here's the deal, whether you're journaling for personal reasons or professional or work-related reasons, this journal will help you keep focus so that you can gain results and find the results you want out of life. And, and I have always said that having an attitude of gratitude will help keep you focused. It'll help keep you strong and steadfast. And I believe this, it will help keep you immovable you know so it, it really doesn't matter here's the deal it it really doesn't matter what life throws at you if you just take a few minutes and moments every day to write down something positive that happened in your day you're gonna find your thought life becoming more positive and less negative and one of my favorite bible teachers warren wearsby said this don't complain about the bottom rung of the ladder because they helped you to get higher. So today, I kind of want to dive in here and I'm going to give you 10 powerful rules of writing that will take you from novice to awesome. <laughs> Probably not in minutes, but it's going to help you. Um, just a little bit, kind of of my own 
personal story. When I started writing, I really winged it. I I started writing and then I would stop because I would think my book was done. You know, I would just write until I figured my book was done and then I would just stop writing. So what I did with my first book, uh, Divine Providence, and realized I had about 10 chapters. It turned into a novella. It's a very good book. Turned out really well. But I really don't recommend using that method when it comes to writing. I, I think writing that way is messy and and it usually doesn't work. And in fact, you're going to wish that you never hit the publish button on an incomplete article or book. And And doing that, it just never works. Some people say, well, I'll just... I'll put part of the book out there for sale and then I'll write the next part and then I'll put the next, you know, the second part out and then I'll write the third part and then I'll put the third part out. And there are authors who do that. I personally don't recommend that. Most people want to see a completed manuscript, a completed book when they buy something on Amazon. They don't want to find out that they have a cliffhanger if it's not clearly marked. So, so I found that over the past few years, I've become very serious. I've put out three books. I put out hundreds of blog posts. I'm, I'm working on, listen to this. I, I've put three books out there. So a short kind of 10 page ebook and two, two other books. But I'm also working on book number six right now. What do I mean by that? Well, I, I have an illustrator working on a children's book right now. I have, technically, it's book seven, actually. I have um, a completed manuscript that I'm finalizing the final edits on that. And hopefully that's going to go to a proofreader soon so I can uh, get that published, hopefully by the end of the year. And then I have my Thinking Forward journal, which technically is a book. So I have that book that's going to be coming out here in the next few weeks. And... I have the outline process of a seventh book that's in the work. And all of these books will be out by at least April of next year. So all seven of these books will be out on the market by April of next year. And I'm going to be working on probably books eight, nine, and ten uh, as well. But one thing is certain. I follow a very select set of rules. And every book, I believe, gets better and better because I follow these set of rules. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to be your referee. You know, if you think about a football game, a referee helps keep you in line with the rules. I'm going to give you 10 powerful rules that you need to write your book. So I'm going to jump right in here with number one. And this is one of my biggest frustrations when I talk to writers. And this is one of the biggest frustrations that a lot of writers face. Here's the deal. They don't know their ending. So number one is this. Know your ending. Know your ending. Know where you're going to go when you pick up that pencil. Uh, John Grisham and Stephen King, two incredibly prolific writers. Uh, James Patterson, you can throw him in this uh, ring as well. They say that if you don't know where your story is going to end up, you don't have a book. And and in fact, I was listening to uh, a online seminar that Jerry B. Jenkins gave. He's the one that helped write the Left Behind series. 
He also wrote the popular um, 11th Precinct um, trilogy. And one of the things that he was saying in this seminar is it's easy to write, but it's hard to know where you're going. In other words, you got to know where you're going. You have to at least take a few minutes to discover how you want your book to end. And, and here's the deal. I even encourage you to write down the last couple of chapters of your book, even if you're writing a novel. In other words, if you're a, if you're a pantser and you kind of go by the seat of your pants, you know, this is going to give you at least enough information to get you going. Uh, Lee Child says this, you need a roadmap. You need to know what's going to happen, even if all of this is just in your head. So take that for what it's worth. Number two is this. You have to know your elevator pitch. Ooh, top floor, ding. You know, it <laughs> It would be impossible to describe what your book is about if you can't do so in one or two sentences. If you can't tell somebody what your book is about in one or two sentences, then you don't know your book. John Grisham says that your story is not worth sharing with the world unless you can do this one thing. Now, I failed at this when I tried to pitch a book to an agent. By the way, that book is never going to see the light of day. My second attempt for doing that was for my book, Divine Providence. Now, you can get that at jbcism.com forward slash products. I got a link right there to the book. It's called Divine Providence. Um, here is my pitch to, to the editor for my second attempt. I said, a young mother's life is turned upside down when she learns her husband cheated and her son needs a new heart or he'll be dead before Christmas. How does she trust God in the midst of tragedy? That was my pitch to an editor. Now, I had editors tell me, you know, uh, sounds like a very intriguing story. I had a um, uh, an agent tell me the same thing. They said, it's just not for us. So after so many rejection letters of saying it's not quite for us because it was a novella and they don't, a lot of publishers don't do novellas, I decided to take it in my own hands and I decided to publish it as a novella. But here's the thing. Knowing your elevator pitch is going to save you a lot of time and headache. You know, it, it's going to give you the power to not only pitch your idea, but it's also going to help you know how to write the back copy of your book. So if you're a self-published author, knowing your elevator pitch will help you write the back copy. Uh, another example from the novel that I'm currently editing right now um, is... Uh, a, a new preacher comes to town and is threatened with losing everything for a debt his father owed to the local mining tycoon. And does he pick up a gun and does he take on revenge? You know, so so that is my elevator pitch for the book. You know, so it doesn't have to be long. It just has to work. So my encouragement for you, get out a, a legal pad and a pencil, work through it. Come up with your own elevator pitch for your writing project. Now, remember, it's got to be only one to two sentences long. And, and in fact, I actually did 
a podcast episode last week, two weeks, well, not last week, two weeks ago on this very topic of putting together an elevator pitch or putting a book synopsis together. Now, the whole podcast episode is dealing with outlines, but the very last point I make is regarding book synopsis. So go to jvsystem.com forward slash 139 and you can listen to that. It's near the end of the show notes. All right, number three is this. And this goes along with what I was just saying. You have to outline like you mean it. Outline your book. Now, I know, I know. It's the evil word. Nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to outline their book. You know, it's the one thing that you as a writer or me as a writer, we shy away from because it makes us believe that we're going to lose all of our creativity and we're going to lose the pantser style of writing. But that's what we're used to. Now, let me ask you this question. How long have you been writing your book? I think I hear crickets in there. How long have you been writing your book? If you've been writing your book for years on end, that means you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where your book is going. So I encourage you to outline your book. You know, writing is hard enough. Why should we make it any harder? You know, so I highly recommend you outline before you write anything down. I promise you, I promise you to do that. In fact, I outlined this blog post before I began. Um... You know, it doesn't mean that you have to spend more time outlining before you begin writing, but I think a good outline is going to help help you keep your thoughts on the topic at hand. And I find that so many writers struggle with their scenes. They struggle with their stories. But if they would simply just outline, they're going to save themselves hours. And it's going to save them from popping aspirin. <laughs> Um, you know, I listened to John Grissom on an interview he did with, uh, I think it was uh, Good Morning Today, uh, for his book Camino Island that came out last year. He said he said that he writes a 150-page outline before he even begins because he wants to make sure his main story is cohesive and it flows from beginning to end. Uh, in fact, James Patterson um, is a huge fan of outlining. He doesn't even begin without... Uh, in outline and one of the things that he talks about is outlining is the main thing and basically you're creating a rough outline for your novel as you're researching and uh, I actually have one of the outlines to one of his most popular books and one of his most favorite favorite books it is a 27 page outline for his book. Now, the book is about a hundred thousand words, but he wrote a 27 page outline. Each chapter is broken down into anywhere from 150 to 200 words per chapter, all single spaced. But the thing is, there are different kinds of outlines you can use. Um, James Patterson writes kind of story form outlines, so they're in the form of paragraphs. I don't know what uh, John Grisham does. You can do a storyboard outline, which um, I recommend if you're a very visual person. 
it's a perfect way for those who like to write by the seat of their pants, but you want to keep grounded in the story without going too far. Um, but the thing is, an outline allows you to keep grounded and allows you to keep your mind focused as you write. Okay, enough about outlines. Uh, if you want to learn more about outlines and how how I outline, listen to uh, episode 139 of the show and you can learn how I do all of my outlines. Number four is this. You need to write for yourself. <clears throat> and I don't think I can stress this one any better. If you've been in the entrepreneurial world blogging for any length of time, you're going to hear this over and over again. Write for your audience. You're going to hear, you're going to hear um, people tell you that as well in the book writing world. Now, I agree that our blog should be about our audience but I also believe it should be about what we're passionate about. Because here's the deal. If you're not passionate or you don't have passion for what you're writing, why are you writing it? Stephen King said this. When you write a story, you're telling yourself the story. You want to know what happens. In other words, our job isn't to write for somebody else. Our job is to tell the stories to ourselves. Write for yourself, not just for your audience. Audience is going to come later. They're going to, you know, that's all going to happen during the rewriting part. But write for yourself first. Get the story down. Know what's going to happen. And be surprised in the direction your story takes. Um, Stephen King's like, if, if I'm not enjoying what I'm writing, I scrap it and I start over. You know, he wants to enjoy his process of writing. He wants to... Make sure he knows exactly, exactly what's going to happen. So here's, here's the other thing. Number five is this. So not only write for yourself, but number five is this. And th now we're going to really kind of get into kind of the aspects of writing. Number five is this. Stop using passive voice. This one's huge. Stop using passive voice. You know, when we write, we want to keep the prose tight. We want to keep the prose active. We want to keep it moving forward. We want to keep it jumping uh, to the next scene. So don't use passive voice. In other words, passive voice feels safe, but it also means that you're a very timid writer. Now, you may be thinking, well, what is passive voice? I don't understand what this means. Well, here's an example. I'm going to give you an example here. An example of passive voice is this. Sally decided to go to the store to buy some Twizzlers for the party. Now, it's not a bad sentence in of its own. You know, Sally decided to go to the store to buy some Twizzlers for the party. You're just stating the, the you know, what's happening. In other words, we now know what Sally's desire is. And we think we're doing a service to our readers, but really it's a disservice to our readers. And we're not doing them any favors. It's timid. It's passive. We're kind of saying, well, here's what Sally is doing. But we want to fix it. We want to stick some, some of our skin into the game, and we want to put the sentence in charge. We want the sentence 
to pull us through the story, pull us along into the story. So instead of saying, Sally decided to go to the store to buy some Twizzlers for the party. Kind of boring. How about this? Sally needs Twizzlers. She hurries to the store before the party. You see the difference? Do you feel better now? I know I do. I mean, it it pulls you through the story. The other one just kind of says, well, here's what she's deciding to do. Here's what she wants to do. Sally decided to go to the store to buy Twizzlers. In other words, Sally needs Twizzlers. She hurries to the store before the party. Now we're engaged. Now we're excited. Now we want to know what happens. Well, what happens, you know, when she gets the Twizzlers back home? Did she eat them in the car? Did they even make it to the counter for the party? I mean, what happens? So she needs Twizzlers. She hurries to the store. You know, in other words, well, kind of did this, and then I kind of did this, and this is what happened. So you want to put some skin in the game. You want your your voice to be active. You want it to move the reader through the story, and you want them to understand that this is what's happening without giving too much away or being boring about it. So, speaking of boring, we're going to move on to number six. Number six is this. Kill your adverbs. (laughs) Kill your adverbs. Now, we love our adverbs. We do. Adverbs are cool. Adverbs are great. We use them all the time. You know, they're our friend, right? <laughs> I can see Kevin Spacey in my my head right now um, in the Superman Returns movie. Wrong! You know, as he's screaming at Lois. Uh, they're our friend, right? Wrong! You know, these these little telling words... Adverbs are telling words. They kind of slow down the prose. They're not your friends. So, here's a really good example of what an adverb is doing to slow down the sentence. Jim slammed the door loudly. Or you could say, Jim loudly slammed the door. Now, here's the real question I want to ask you. Does loudly need to be in there? You know, what's its point? What's the context to the rest of the sentence? You know, does it reveal any new information to the reader that the reader is clueless about? Here's the truth. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. It's completely redundant. And it doesn't tell us how he closed the door. So here's the deal. We're going to fix this sentence. Instead of saying, Jim loudly slammed the door, we're going to say, Jim slammed the door. Well, now we know. <laughs> you know but here's the deal. Uh, if you don't know what an adverb is, an adverb uh, is a word that's going to uh, help modify a, uh, a, a verb or help add to a verb. They usually end in the word L-Y, end with an L-Y. Um, you know, abs. Adverbs usually end in... See what I did there? <laughs> I added an adverb in there. I should have just said, adverbs end in L-Y. Anyway, whatever. The other rule 
you know, is this. It's to avoid adverbs. Mostly completely. But. Avoid adverbs after he said or she said. Avoid them after the, the dialogue tags. That's what he said and she said means. Stephen King said this. He goes, while writing adverbs is a very human thing, to write he said or she said is divine. You don't need to write. You're a jerk, she said rudely. Just say, you're a jerk, she said. Or I would even go even further. Just say, you're a jerk. And then move on to the next sentence. You don't always need the dialogue tags. A lot of people, a lot of authors like them. So if you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, use them sparingly. That's what I say. But but try to avoid using adverbs before them, you know, or after them. You're a jerk, she said rudely. But the words, you're a jerk, implies that it was said rudely. Because it's a rude statement. You know... You could even say something like, you know, Jim, stop, she said loudly. But if you just say, Jim, stop, with an exclamation point, you don't need the loudly in there because you're implying that they're, you're implying that they're yelling. So avoid the adverbs at all costs if you can. Okay, number seven, enough about adverbs. Stop editing as you write. Stop editing as you write. Now, this one, again, is huge, as uh, our president would say. It's huge. Here's the deal. We love to perfect our writing as we go. We love to edit as we go. But I want to challenge you this. I want to challenge you to finish your book before you ever lay an editing hand on it. Just write the darn book. Get it done. You can edit later to your heart's content. The more you edit, the longer it takes to write the book. Just write. Don't edit until you're done with that final word on the final page. Just stop editing. Just write the book. Get it done because it's hanging over your head and you want that book out there into the world and you want people to be excited about it. But you're going to spend too much time editing and it's going to take you twice as long. Trust me, I know. It took me, it took me, oh geez, four years to write Divine Providence. And that's a 10 chapter book, nearly 25,000 words. Shouldn't have taken that long. So anyway, just letting you know that. Stop editing. Number eight. Stephen King says in his book on writing, kill all of your little darlings. Kill them off. Off with their heads. Kill them all. <laughs> you know, trust me, your editor is going to thank me. It's going to thank, he's going to thank you. You know, we all have these little hangups and they're going to slow down our writing. You know, passive voice. You know, we talked about that a couple points ago. Sally decided to go to the store to buy Twizzlers for the party. Just say, Sally went to the store to buy Twizzlers. That's simple. You know, the extra scenes, you know, the scenes that kind of drag on and on and on. And you're like, where's the story going? I really don't know. Nobody knows. The extra characters, 
You know, extra characters are terrible. You know, we, we, we like to fill our book with extra characters. And, you know, do we really need to put a name to every single person? You know, I say only put a name to a person if they matter. If they don't matter in the story, don't give them a name. Because it really doesn't matter. You know, anything slows down the action, it should be killed. All your adverbs, all of your adjectives, kill them all. You know, I don't care if you like John the waiter in your story. If he doesn't need to be there, cut his head off. Off with him. Kill him off. In other words, kill all your little darlings. Anything that keeps the action slow and tedious. Unless you're J.R.R. Tolkien. (laughs) But get rid of them because they don't need to exist. Number nine. We're going to close up with two more here. Number nine is this, you have to write every day. If you really want to get your book written and you're serious about getting your book written, I can't stress this enough. If you write just 200 words a day, you're going to have nearly 75,000 words written in one year's time. So there's really no reason you can't write every day. Take an extra hour before you go to bed. And write part of your next chapter. You know, this post is nearing 1,300 words. And I've been writing, or I wrote this for less than an hour. You know, it it doesn't take long. You can do it. It doesn't have to take long. You know, just make a commitment. Put it in your calendar. If you have a daily planner, put it in your daily planner. Put it on your calendar. Put it as a reminder on your phone so your phone beeps at you at maybe 8 o'clock at night. Take the time, even if it's just 200 words, write every day because the more you write, the better you're going to get. And and if you want a book, uh, nearly a full book written at the end of a year, write 200 words a day. You're going to have about 75,000 words written. John Grisham said if you write 200 words a day in two years' time, you're going to have a book long enough that's going to be considered um, a very good healthy book. So, you know, take the time to write daily. Number 10 is this. You have to read your work. Just read. Read it out loud. Read it at night. Read it before you go to bed. But once your book is written, begin the reading process. And and, and I encourage you to do it this way. Read as if you're reading it for the first time. Read as if you're reading it For the first time, dive into your writing and begin looking at it with an eye of killing off the things that don't belong. Make notes. Have a notebook with you. Be happy about it. Writing shouldn't be tedious. it's It's about enriching the lives of people around us. It's about seeing their eyes light up with the magic of the words that you've written. So here's the deal. I want you to write I want you to read, and I want you to edit your book. If you do these three things, you're going to be one happy writer. Now, let me ask you this question before I close up here. Which rule do you need to work on? Go back and listen to the show or go to the show notes at jbcism.com forward slash 140. jbcism.com forward slash 140 and check out the show notes and then do me a favor and Tell somebody about the show because I want to spread the good news about what we're doing here. 
And if you want to subscribe, go to the show notes and subscribe to the newsletter because there you're going to get lots of great info. All right, my friends. God bless. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been the J.B. Sism Show. You can find the archives of the show at jbsism.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to visit jbsism.com to download a special ebook when you sign up for the free newsletter. You'll get new episodes, updates, and so much more. This podcast is copyright Jason Sism and Sism Enterprise, all rights reserved. Until next week, stay motivated with clarity, take your message to the next level, and find success in your family, ministry, and life.